0: Hello everyone welcome to another episode of Business Matters presented by Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union, uh, where we delve into the stories and insights of leaders and change makers in our community. As always, I'm your host, Rob Capello. And today we're thrilled to have Tracy Gazelle, a coach, consultant, writer, and visionary behind Rising Higher Consulting. Tracy, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. So today, I think you have a real interesting combination of like expertise in psychology and executive coaching, neuroscience there's a whole bunch of stuff that kind of uh, rolls into what you do. so I'm, I'm excited to kind of unpack your journey and, and your approach to coaching and so I, I love to start just as I was looking through like your your profile and history and reading your bio is I'm curious how like your personal journey led to coaching. so like where where and when did you realize that you had a passion for this like when 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 was it where you're like, yeah, I want to do this for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah. So there were two pivotal moments. The first was quite young. I was 20 years old. Um, at the time I was always running around kind of like a chicken with my head cut off (laughs) quite a high anxious person, high stress, very busy mind, very much a worrier, but that was just normal to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I was in my psychology degree at the time and it all came to a crux when I broke out on with these tiny red sores all over my body, um, at the time from stress. I didn't know that at the time I saw multiple doctors I saw a dermatologist who also didn't know what it was Um, in fact she asked if she could take photos of me for her medical students so they could delve into the mystery so that didn't feel great at the time
0: oh I'm sure
1: (laughs) yeah and the one thing that that helped me was there was a flyer I was going to UBCO here in Kelowna um, taking my psych degree and there was a flyer for a workshop to try meditating So I thought maybe this, maybe this will help me after it had been a few months that I'd been covering up, wearing hats and scarves and just in quite a bad state. And so I tried this workshop with a local teacher. His name's Duncan Hart, by the way, he's amazing. And he walked me through a process for the first time ever. I had no experience meditating. The first time ever going inside and finding my center that is always calm. It's always quiet. It's always peaceful. And to say that I was shocked to find that inside while I'd been running around, like I said, like a chicken with my head cut off trying to find it outside, to find it inside was absolutely shocking. It had been there all along. And now I know that's the space that meditators access when they meditate. Sometimes that's called the flow state, right? When we're working in that flow state or we're being creative, we're just being so present with our family. Say we're up at Big White and it's a Bluebird Day, like we were talking about before the recording. And you're having one of those days where it's just, wow, I'm so lucky to be here. And you're just in that moment. That's that space inside that we all have. So that was amazing. So that's actually what helped clear up all those spots, helped me realize that at any time I could find that inside of me and really bring down stress levels, bring down a busy mind.
0: Yeah.
1: So then I, after that graduated, uh, worked uh, for 10 years um, in a corporate position. Okay. And then in 2015, um, my dad passed away from a terminal neurodegenerative disease. It's quite rare. It's called multiple systems atrophy. Most people haven't heard of it. Um, It starts out looking like Parkinson's disease, and then it quickly progresses um, and becomes apparent. It's this more serious, painful terminal disease that just has no hope. It's just a terminal disease and we were really close so that was um that was very difficult so he passed away while i was holding his hand at the hospice here and after he passed away suddenly the rest of my life felt like this gift that i had um you know he was gone he didn't even make it to his retirement right um but i had the whole rest of my life ahead of me i was only i was in my late 20s then yeah. so what did i want to do with it Well, I realized I wanted to create my dream business where I help other people find that peaceful center inside of them, Mm -hmm. but it helped me so much. And so I started as a meditation teacher, teaching people one-on-one and in groups, but then they would come to me with those deep, dark voices inside. You know, I'd ask them to commit to meditate once a day, five, 10 minutes. And they would say, I'm not good enough. I can't change. I'm hopeless. So that's when I did coaching training. Right to learn how to hold those conversations with them. And from there, I just progressed to mindfulness and neuroscience coaching training, executive coaching training, to today, where now I work with executives, and I help them feel more calm. I help them live with less stress at work and at home, because often at home, it can be just as stressful yeah. at work. Yeah, And um, I work with people all around the world uh, remotely, and I love what I do. So that's what how that's I got
0: here. <laughs> an interesting story, and there's so much there to... But I'm, I'm curious, so it's interesting that, you know, I, you meet a lot of people that have either a passion or a talent, and that's one thing, but to actually action it and start a company and help others is a different thing. So where did that come from? I'm curious. I'm always like, did you have entrepreneurship in your family, around you? Like, because, you know, to go do it on your own is a lot different than just saying, I have a passion or talent for this.
1: Yeah, great question. My dad was an entrepreneur. My mom is a real estate agent in Kelowna here. My brother's an entrepreneur. And I always said, I never want to do that. And that's why I went and got the government job because I wanted, I didn't want the entrepreneur life after seeing it all in my family. I just thought I want a steady Eddie, but that desire that passion became too strong, you know, after my dad passed away that I just needed to go for it. And if it didn't work out, that was going to be okay. Right. Um, right. I just wanted to give it a try and see what would happen and see if it would work. And then it did, <laughs> which was amazing.
0: Do you recall your like first coaching experience? Like did, did you know when you're sitting across someone, maybe an executive and I can't remember, you know, where I don't know exactly where you were when you did your first coaching experience, but was it like Wow! Like this is what I'm meant to do. After that session, where you or were the opposite, going? Oh my gosh! What am I got? What have I got myself into?
1: <laughs> no, I've always known this is what I'm meant to do. Um, I originally planned to be a psychologist, but okay. I realized I didn't want to do reactive mental okay. health help. Okay. I wanted to do proactive help. Um, I love talking to people about their goals. I love helping people that have a vision for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can remember. There's been lots of times having that experience of wow, this is exactly where I need to be. And it's working and it's changing other people's lives. And how amazing that this is my job. I yeah. just it feels like a dream sometimes.
0: Interesting. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um rising higher consulting, you know, the services you offer, you know, what's the Elevator speech on sort of what you do and how you work with, with uh, uh, both leaders. And it sounds like you, you you work a little bit in not just the business world on, you know, their home life as well. Um, can you talk, talk a little bit about the company and what you guys do?
1: Yeah, sure. So I work with business leaders, founders and executives. And yeah. what I find is these people that are so driven, they are so inspired to create big change in the world. But what happens along the way is they often become stressed, overwhelmed, and even burnt out. Right. And they're just not sure how to course correct and return back to their original inspiration again. So that's where I come in. I help them use their mind in a different way so that they lower stress, so that they feel inspired by their work again, so right. that they can turn work off at the end of the day. That one's huge. and Be present with family at home, still enjoy their life, right. and then accomplish the big goals that they they have on their heart
0: interesting when I was reading through your site and so for one thing that stood out was you emphasize the importance of I think clarity of mind I believe is what it said so can you explain what that means and how, why that's crucial for you know leaders and the people that you work with
1: yeah I would love to it's my favorite topic <laughs> <laughs> so when we were talking about earlier that meditative space inside that quiet space that we all have that We access through meditation or other ways. Right. So every single person has that calm space inside of them. That's the background to our experience. That's who we really are. That's our true nature. Right. Okay. And all that we do is innocently is we think ourselves away from that space. So the busier our mind is, the more distracted we are from our calm nature. And that calm nature is our clarity of mind. And when we live from that space, when we work from that space, that's when we have a sharpened focus. Hmm. That's when we're more efficient. We have higher productivity because we just have less mental noise.
0: Right. Interesting. So you, you mentioned on that though, that you also say that meditation is necessary, necessary to access a meditative state of mind. So can you expand on that? Cause I think these two points kind of go together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So meditation's great. Um, I I meditated for years. What I found is, so I'd get up every morning, 5 a.m., meditate, feel amazing. But it was as if my stress and my anxiety, my worry was just waiting for me to finish.
0: Um, Interesting. Okay.
1: (laughs) So I would open my eyes. I'd feel great. And then there would be my stress, my worry, anxiety, and I would live there for the rest of the day still in that space. So I wasn't, I was meditating, but I wasn't integrating that state of mind, that clarity of mind into the rest of my day. And so how you can then start to integrate that for yourself is recognizing that calm center. It comes through on a feeling. So even when we talk about it, about being peaceful, about being calm and content, it elicits a nice feeling that's sometimes described as light, as carefree, as calm. And so that is that clarity of mind. That's that meditative state that we can access anytime throughout the day. Even in this conversation, it feels like we're tapping into it. Yeah. And so you don't necessarily need meditation. And so it's a reminder throughout the day, as you start to feel stressed, tense, overwhelmed, that you can always bring yourself back, reset yourself at any time, because it's always inside of you. It It never leaves. It can never be broken or taken from you. It's there 24 seven. It's the most amazing discovery that I had that I just want to show from the rooftops with everyone <laughs> in the world.
0: Interesting. So when you're, if you're saying like when you're meditating, when you're in that moment, your mind's at that state, but soon when, so, soon as you break that meditative state, then you're like, then you worry about all the worries that are going on in life. Then you have to start. Yeah. Your Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I, I find that that's in, um, I love going to like webinars seminars and you, you you know you go away you, you're in an all-day session you're all excited and then you come back to life and life happens and everything you learn in those eight hours are out the window because like you start it's I kind of equated to the same sort of analogy which is interesting
1: yeah that's right and you can see that in so many ways some people go to India to find themselves mm-hmm. or travel or go on vacation to calm down But then you come home and Mm. there's everything waiting for you. And that's okay. It's just starting to recognize when you come back from a seminar, you come back from vacation, you're still going to have those old habits of thought that you're used to running like a program in your mind, but you don't have to necessarily listen to them. It's recognizing them from a third person and letting them go, letting them continue on. You know, in meditation, they say like a leaf floating downstream, right? just letting it pass you by because another thought will be right there, (laughs) which- bad Yeah, we think fifty thousand to seventy thousand thoughts per day that's what neuroscience estimates that's crazy it is crazy so we're all super busy up here it's okay it's part of being human and it's just starting to recognize you don't have to listen to everything you think everything you think isn't true you don't have to action everything you think and then once you get clear you know you separate yourself more and more from those habitual thoughts you can choose which ones that you you want to listen to interesting
0: um, I'm curious you've worked with a lot of leaders what are some of the and we've probably talked to some about them already a little bit But what are some of the common challenges you see facing leaders today like what are some of the things that and, and maybe from an aspect of, of leaders listening that to, to this conversation to just maybe go yeah that's that's me like I that's that's part of what so what are some of the challenges that you see people facing right now in the leadership role.
1: Yeah. Lots. Uh big one is sleep. <laughs> I love helping with sleep. Um, there's a neuroscience of sleep, sleep cycles, um, how to really optimize sleep, wake up, feeling rested. A big one is triggers um, at work. Um, so, and I work with all men, by the way, I didn't go out Choosing that or looking for that, but it seems to be not only a lot of men in the higher level positions, but also it seems men that aren't as quick to ask for help when they are having difficulty accessing their well-being. Right. Um, so a common issue with men in executive levels that I see are um, triggering situations at work where something is frustrating, overwhelming them, upsetting them, and they're very quick to react. Whether that means um, getting kind of that high blood pressure feeling, getting very uh, flustered and upset, or getting um, interactive or speaking something that they later regret, so a big thing that I help with with all my clients is recognizing when they're being triggered. Do we have a few minutes, and I can share kind of yeah, something yeah. that's helpful with this? Okay. Sure. Um, I could talk about this all day. So if you need to cut me off at any time, just let me know. Um, The neuroscience of it is really interesting, actually. So back in the caveman days, of course, a threat was something like a saber-toothed tiger, a bear, something coming into our path um, that was a threat to our survival. And when we would see, say, a saber-toothed tiger, it would initiate our fight or flight response in the brain. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the amygdala, which is our highly emotional um, area of the brain. We would go into fight or flight. Seventy-five um, percent of our cognitive abilities are inhibited at that time. So basically, we're not thinking straight. We're just thinking fight or flight. Right. Um, today, in the modern world, um, threats to our survival um, are now say in the corporate world, are dealing in with interactions in the boardroom, interactions with coworkers, and dealing with stress at work. So it's not saber-tooth tigers. It's you know it's boardroom <laughs> stuff. But we're having the same response in our brain. So we're often triggered in our amygdala, which is that emotional response, and we go into fight or flight. So we either want to fight and have a confrontation, or we want to flight, we want to run or freeze and not know what to do. Hmm. So the good news is, and how this can be um, dealt with differently, is by inserting a pause after a triggering situation. And it's very important to recognize how you respond to triggering situations as well. So a lot of people, they get flustered. They notice their heart rate increases. They start breathing faster, taking short breaths up here in the throat. They maybe start sweating, getting hot, clenching their fists, tension in the neck and shoulders. You know, I'm listing them all out here, but for everyone who's listening, take a mental note of what your physical symptoms are when you get triggered, when you get upset. So the next time that that happens, you can say, oh, like for me, I get tension in my neck. I get these knots. I can go, oh, there's that knot feeling in my neck. Oh, I'm getting upset. Well, I'm getting flustered. Someone I was talking to yesterday, he called it a high blood pressure feeling. Mm -hmm. So, oh, I'm getting that high blood pressure feeling right now. Oh, I'm getting triggered. And when you recognize it, then you can insert a pause. So, and in that pause, taking nice deep breaths can be enough to just create that pause in your brain five deep breaths if you can going for a walk around the block doing something to create space there and when you create that space you actually reroute that area in the brain so away from the amygdala in the middle of the brain and over here to the prefrontal cortex in the forehead and so that's our rational part of the mind where we think rationally (laughs) we weigh pros and cons. We choose a different response instead of going right into fight or flight. So it's all about inserting that pause consciously instead of just quickly flying off the handle and slipping into old, old habits.
0: Well, it's interesting too, because I, I, I feel like a lot of us probably, if we think back, you're, you're like, we we're all probably like, oh yeah, Now I get it. This is what happens to me and this is all I, and everyone's different. Like you said, everyone acts differently um, and handles it differently as well. But interesting, I would would assume most people that are listening can probably reflect and go, this is my trigger or this is what happens when I get triggered. Interesting. That's it. You know, one of the things that sort of kind of ties to that is that, and this is a tough one for me and I I assume a lot of leaders is the struggle with work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always struggled in the sense that I don't see it as i've never looked at as work-life biases just it's part of life and i enjoy what i do so it's it's okay but what advice do you have for those looking to maybe find a little bit more peace or enjoyment in life and and you know how do you guide clients through that and at the same time where you know i'm pretty driven as a business owner so i want to i do have ambitious goals from a company but i'm also a family guy right so how do you balance and how do you work with people around that
1: Yeah, great question. And I'm the same, by the way, business owner. I'm a mom and it's how do I balance all these things? I'm driven. I want to write like 10 books. Like how am I supposed to fit all this in? I hear you. It's good to be driven, but it's also great to find that off switch or that pause switch for our own mental health as well. So what I recommend first is using your morning for that time for work-life balance. Um, Establishing a consistent morning routine is so key. Because what we often do is we try and save that for the end of the day. You know, like, oh, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll have some time for me. <laughs> but always at the end of the day, especially if you have kids or you're busy at home, um, it falls off the list, right? We just don't get to it. We're too tired. So in the morning, waking up a little bit earlier than usual, so 15 minutes or 30 minutes, if you have a busy household trying to wake up before everyone wakes up, um, that's what I do. I try and get up before my daughter. And then I have my coffee in quiet and stillness. So it's still kind of like a meditation, but it's just for me, it's just quiet. So it's accessing that calm, peaceful state every single day. So that's my reset that I insert um, every 15 minutes every day. And that way I know I can check it off my list for the day, too. It's not all day like, oh, I got to get to that work life balance thing. Like, oh, I can't squeeze it in. (laughs) No, you do it first thing in the day and then it's taken care of. You start your day on a really great note. Um, You reset yourself. And then when fires arise, as they do for business owners, for parents, for workers, whoever, you can recognize, oh, I'm getting stressed. Oh, I'm getting triggered. This isn't where I want to be. And then you just keep bringing yourself back. You know, you respond, bring yourself back. But the mornings are key. That's one of my biggest recommendations.
0: Interesting. And then it just becomes part of your life or right after a while so that's interesting that's a great takeaway for people so you mentioned about you want to write hundreds of books but you did co-author a book um <laughs> transforming trauma um i'm curious if you can just give us like one key lesson from the book like if someone reads the book what do you hope they get out of it uh, uh yeah in in where where you think there's value from a leader perspective
1: yeah for sure so Key lesson um, from my chapter. So it's a multi-author book written with some people from The Secret. Um, My chapter is about bad things, bad things happen in life, right? That's part of life. Life is this ebb and this flow. Um, It's unrealistic to expect life to be easy and perfect. And so for me, my big thing that I mentioned was my dad passing away. So we all have these terrible things that we have to go through, but we get to choose how we respond. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, will it take us down? um, and make us bitter and angry, or will we choose to be inspired by it? And maybe not in that moment, you right. know, when my dad passed away, I wasn't feeling very inspired. It took years to get over it, but then I felt inspired to create my business.
0: Interesting. And that kind of ties is curious on your open, uh, you openly share some of overcoming some of your personal challenges. And if people go into your website, I think just, I love like, here's a bio and here's a real bio. Like it's, I love that sort of, uh, uh, that you had on there but how were those and maybe you, you kind of just touch on a little bit but how were those experiences how did they shape sort of your coaching philosophy and and the way you work with leaders today like some of the stuff that you had to go through personally
1: yeah it shapes everything um you know there's a lot of coaches out there there's a lot of information out there we're in the age of information and so the best thing that i can do in my business and i would say others can do in their business is sharing their story and then when you share those deep things, you you find people similar to you that are looking for help with something you've been through. So me talking about being sensitive or feeling very anxious all the time or having a really busy mind, um, feeling overwhelmed, those were huge in shaping me and then they shaped my business because that's what I love to help with because I can see the other side of it. When you learn to use your mind differently, life becomes this, you just feel free Um, It becomes this gift that you get to live, you get to create, you get to enjoy. Um, Life just becomes, you know, the circumstances itself don't change that much. The world is still highly stressful, I would argue, with the politics happening, with our economy, with elections, with the climate, you know, you can stack all these things, the pandemic on top of each other. The world itself doesn't change, but how you show up and, and how you choose to live your life changes and we all have that ability inside of us. And so that's why I share so deeply so that I can show what's possible for everyone.
0: Interesting. Um a little bit of a a different question is you work with leaders a lot. What if what would you tell someone though that is aspiring to become a coach that maybe wants to go into field of leadership, personal development? uh, they're listening or going like, wow, that's something I'd love to maybe pursue. What's some advice you would give to someone that's looking to make this a career?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, I would say start with, if you could share one message with the whole world, you know, if you had some kind of megaphone that would just go into the ear of every single person in the world, what would you want to say? What would you want to help with? And that's where you should start. Um, it's easy to get hung up on, oh, I want to work with leaders, or I used to work with sensitive people, right? So, you know, I, there's all these different things. And then all the marketing out there can be very overwhelming. But start with what you're most passionate about what your message is, how you want to help with that. And then just share from your heart, share from your experiences. And it will unfold from there. I promise it becomes this magic carpet ride, but you need to get really clear on exactly how you want to s- serve. Cause it's essentially serving others and, and help.
0: Interesting. Love it. Great, great, uh, great advice to people. So um, we didn't cover everything. Unfortunately, you can't cover everything in, in 30 minutes, but if people are interested in learning more, have questions, Um, what's the best way for them to connect with you and find out more?
1: Yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn pretty much every day. So definitely check out my LinkedIn. My website is tracygazelle.com. Send me an email, um, lots of different ways. If you're listening to this and it helped you in any way and you just have a general comment, I love hearing that. I love hearing from the people that watch and listen and read my stuff um, or any questions for me. Yeah. I'd love to hear from anyone. Just feel free to reach out.
0: Awesome. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for joining me today. I think you've given some good uh, takeaways for people. And I know we're, like I said, we don't have a lot of time, but I think it was great that you were able to give away some actionable items that people can take away. So thank you for uh, spending some time with me this morning. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Um, If you enjoyed today's episode, as always, please share the podcast so we can get the word out to as many friends and colleagues as you can. And uh, until next time, thank you for tuning into Business Matters and have yourself a great day.